0: Really got to try on that left hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over and he uh, head over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit to make this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome once again to the Scrim of the Earth the podcast that offers news, results, predictions, very cool interviews, and just so much more. It's uh, it's really been fun to see how the pod's growing, you know, 100%, and thanks to you, the listeners. So it's just been more and more fun each and every week, and I am truly very thankful for it. So in case somehow you missed it, please check out my three-part interview with JB from the Egg Chasers podcast. It was pretty cool. Uh, also, a great bonus episode where I got to talk all things uh, USA and Major League Rugby with the fabulous Phil Harris from the Jacks Rangers podcast. On top of that, please look forward to a talk I'm planning with a man I think of as Professor Rugby. Uh, that's Dr. Tony Collins, author of several great books about rugby, among many other accomplishments. And he's actually agreed to join me to help briefly, briefly explain the history of rugby, in particular how it relates to American football. Uh, so not only that. Cammie Black from the Scottish Rugby Podcast is going to be joining me to talk the state of Scottish teams heading into the new United Rugby Championship competition, uh, and I'm also still hoping to catch up with with Mags from my beloved Free Jacks in just a, a, a few weeks when we might have some uh, some news to to share for the for the Free Jacks. Phew! Anyway, I am David Lawrence. I am an American rugby fan. I follow as much rugby as I can all over the world 12 months a year. I admit, it's about to become a lot more difficult to cover or even watch all the rugby I actually hope to, to see, but I'm going to do my best. And a uh, quickie side note, if you do have ESPN+, which is where I used to watch Super Rugby, there's no word yet, as far as I know, on whether they're picking that back up when the next season starts But I do see that they have started carrying college rugby. So despite my complaints on this very podcast that the college game is unavailable, boom, apparently it's there for the watching. So I am psyched that there's more and more rugby available to Americans who are even partially casual watchers. So The Scrim of the Earth is a weekly podcast with bonus episodes frequently thrown in, as you've seen. Uh, All of the pods I listened to that had mostly gone dormant are all sort of gearing back up for the beginnings of these new seasons. So thanks to you for taking the time to choose my pod. Uh, Please get in touch whenever you can. I'm easily accessible at of scrum and, of course, via the scrum of the earth at gmail.com. So drop me a line about whatever, whenever, however you like. So here at the scrum of the earth, we do have a reliable weekly format. It goes thusly. Uh, Current events, what's up with me personally, just because. News, what's happening around the world of rugby things to chew on what's interesting or annoying this week uh this is always something that i end up thinking about but i would love it if it become it could become something that y'all would be thinking about so if something's bugging you it's just please send it in uh, this could become your segment so then we do scores and results and of course by popular demand upcoming matches and predictions and there will be you know many of these this week <laughs> So current updates, not a lot going on here. Uh, we have a lot of family stuff going on, getting ready for our son to to go to kindergarten for the first time in just a few days, and uh, there's a lot of sort of complications around that stuff, and I'm just not really planning to talk about it too much right now, so that's okay. We're stupid. We're stupid. People have to know. That's right, Isaac, it is good news. And I'm sure you've all probably heard or seen that the, uh, the URC, the United Rugby Championship, is hyping up its newest slash revamped slash rebranded slash inaugural season. So, uh, despite my chat with JB from Egg Chasers last week, uh, I'm still actually pretty excited for this season to kick off in a, in a few weeks. I've been watching it for a few years now, and uh, I like it. You know, it's it's not the best, but. There's lots of rugby out there that's not the best, and uh, I watch it anyway. Uh, I found a good get psyched up style article that will get your fires burning if you're like me, and uh, so I linked that in my show notes, and I urge you all to check it out. So things to chew on. I've actually been thinking a lot about officiating recently, uh, mostly because of some comments I heard on a favorite podcast of mine. So... So as an American who's comparatively new to watching the sport, I kind of really like how active the referee is in the proceedings. So when the ref is shouting, you know, no hands or use it, I'm usually thinking, oh that's cool. They're 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 letting the players know that they're you know what they're looking at while not actually stopping the play, which seems to be sort of the way that most of the rules are geared, which I kind of like. So but recently I heard somebody talking about so Every time an official says no hands, for instance, what they really mean is uh, I just caught you cheating. I just saw you commit a penalty and I've decided not to penalize you, which kind of was an eye opener for me. And so that idea has been eating away at me ever since that. And I I would love to hear what the listener has to think about, you know, what what you think about this. And uh, especially if I could get perspectives from both, you know, players and officials and people who've had experience with both sides of that kind of thing. (laughs) So scores and results, obviously, as an American, uh, I have to start with our test against Canada, where my Eagles turned in, I would say, a bit of a lackluster performance. Uh, They went on to lose by 13 points. The final score was 34 to 21 in Canada's favor in Newfoundland. So I have to say I'm really glad that we got that garbage time try to bring the deficit from 20 to 13, because that will have huge implications uh, for the test in Colorado next week. So knowing you just don't have to win, but that you have to do it by three converted tries, that just seems like such a huge mental hurdle going into that that next test. So knowing it's two instead of three, to me that makes a a big difference. It makes it seem more manageable. So as an Eagles supporter, I I, I had positive takeaways. Uh, I feel good about the fact that AJ didn't start, but immediately made an impact when he did come in. Um, Canada were more fired up than I've ever seen them. But it seemed like uh, while they could have taken over the game, we just never allowed that to happen. I think it's fair to say we had an off day and they had a great day. So that's another combination that contributed. Um, Home field is definitely a thing. I imagine our crowd in Glendale is going to be massive and the positive rugby vibes coming out of Colorado could mean a big boost for our boys too. But, you know, those are all homer things to say. Uh, the, The fact is Canada played a great game. Uh, despite the comms saying that they got kind of hard done by the by the officials to me they seem to dominate in almost all phases of the game they brought a ferocity i have never seen from them before and i, I think canadian rugby fans have got to be feeling really really good right now just before the match i was annoyed to hear the uh the commentators saying that the u.s were quote, heavy, heavy favorites, unquote, because I don't think that describes us in any matchup I can imagine. That's not a knock on us. I, I have faith in us. But uh, what what country are we heavy favorites for? I, I can imagine being tipped to win frequently, but uh, heavy favorites. That doesn't seem like a thing for USA Rugby right now. I mean, here's hoping. Uh, some notes from the match. The uh, there was crazy wind. It felt like Canada just kind of figured that out. It figured. It, it felt like at one point they were like, oh, okay, we just have to use this wind. And then they just did, uh, whereas we did not. Uh, the wind was constantly our enemy. Um, you saw it, especially one of our players went out pretty early on and our line out instantly crumbled after that. I'm, I apologize that I don't have his name written down. I went looking for it just now and wasn't able to find it and I wanted to get the pot out. But um, the comms talked about it. He was calling the lineouts, and as soon as he was out, so was our set piece. Um, Canada's crowd was great. Uh, the, and their their team uniform, their, their kit deserved to win over our pajamas anyway. So I uh, did have to complain about the actual broadcast. It was like some somebody who had never used the camera before was like, handed the camera and was like, okay, here you go. And uh, don't forget to fix the white balance. And he was like, uh, because the camera was constantly focusing on the wrong things. Like it was a beautiful bright day out and the camera sort of picked the sky to focus on. So the sky is nice and bright and everybody on the field looks like night has already fallen. It was really strange. Uh, anyway, you know, of course we lost. So I'm complaining about the broadcast, right? Um, a dramatic way to seal it. The the Canadians really, really put the nail in the coffin. Their crowd was so happy. Uh, Our lineouts completely fell apart. Late in my notes, I just say, oh my gosh, the lineouts, it's just so hard to watch at this point. And then I have a quote from the comms. He said, "Uh, and he's knocked down by his own man. Yep. It was that kind of day for the Americans. That's what we were doing. Knocking down. It wasn't, it wasn't the butt fumble, but it was, uh, you know, it was up there. Um, Right at the end, at the very end, so brave of AJ to go for the corner when we just can't buy a line-out, and then we got it anyway, and he clearly, that was clearly his play. He came in and was like, this is what we're doing. He called his own number. Very satisfying to get a try right there at the death. Really helps the point differential. So 34-21 at full-time. Feels like we majorly dodged a bullet. So next week in Glendale, win by two converted tries, and we're in. We're there. So elsewhere around the world, of course, the first action this weekend was the uh, the t- first of 2 semifinal matches for the Curry Cup. Um, so the Bulls, they you know they pretty easily dispatched Western Province. The final score was forty-eight to thirty-one. Though again, um, the final score really underestimates the flow of the game and and how it looked watching it. Um, a few quick game notes: um, they did mention on comms that the Bulls in Western Province have won the most in the history of the Curry Cups. So it's kind of too bad that that can't be the actual final. But anyway, let the best team win. Uh, I noticed watching the, the field look a lot less like Thunder Road than it has for the last couple of weeks. So that was nice. Must be a different stadium. Also, it's a, it's good to know that ACDC gets played at literally every sporting event everywhere in the world. So at about uh, – when the score is 38-12 to – "quote the home side has been truly dominant" unquote so, say the commentators and uh they were right um Rosa, he was incredible he was just a kicking machine it was kind of an unexciting second half it felt kind of inevitable the whole time um every now and then they'd get close but it really was was never there so you know the final score 48 to 31 But not that close. And uh, here's hoping that uh, next week there's a much more exciting game. And speaking of which, on Saturday, in the other semifinal, the Sharks and the Griquas was, was in fact, a lot more exciting. Uh, A really tight match that felt like it could swing either way on like a teeny tiny thing. It seemed like one of those matches. Oh, And by the way, you know how uh, most of the time the uh, sponsors for on the uniforms, you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. It's like a an investment company or a a bank or a an energy company, and you're like, yeah, okay, uh, n- no, not so. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> with with the uh, the the Grikwas, they've got Tafel Lager on their front and six gun grill in the back. I love that it's six gun grill. Obviously, it's got to be like a Texan themed place in South Africa. Um, but yes, I absolutely right now would like a Tafel Lager, and I would like to sit down and have it at a Six Gun Grill in South Africa. Like, <laughs> South Africa, that sounds pretty great. Anyway, uh, there was a bad arm injury around the 52nd minute. I hope uh, Sergel or Sergil is is all right. It did not look good uh, the way they took him off. Um, 66% possession for the Sharks throughout this whole game. Uh, it was. In that way, it seemed dominant, but there was a try. The Greek was made it 28 to 24. They obviously with the 24 with just a minute to go. But then I learned a new thing. Turns out, so a knock-on is not enough of a penalty to keep the game going. You don't get the ball and get to try again or get a scrum. No, that a knock-on after the uh, 80th minute has gone, that means the game is over. And that's how the game ended. But it was exciting and uh, next week we have Bulls Sharks which I'm told is a exact replica of last year's final including the home team being the Bulls. So that's that's kind of cool. So it feels like dynasty stuff happening. So then it was time for the match we weren't even sure we'd be seeing, the third Bledisloe test between the ABs who were installed down in in Perth I think it was uh, and for the fired up Wallabies. Of course, in the end, it went the way we thought. It's weird, you know. I was watching this match. I literally ended up taking four pages of notes. Uh, I'm pausing it, you know, unpausing it, taking notes. But it's weird because the thing I realized is so the the All Blacks are the reason I started watching rugby. They were the team I sort of sought out. Uh, as uh you probably heard in the discussion with jb the amazon prime thing about the all blacks sort of was my entry point because they were a team i'd already heard of and was like oh here they are now i have a chance to see them um so i still love them and going into the match i think okay i can't wait for the all blacks to win but the fact that they just smash the aussies over and over like it's it's just not fun and i my level of uh sort of boredom of the inevitability of the All Blacks victory combined with my growing level of sympathy for Australian fans who must be like, okay, it's enough already. Like it's it's making these particular matchups a little tough to watch. And and this was no exception, like it was incredible. There was super cool things about it. Um Artie Savio, a player who's one of my absolute favorites, became the second Samoan player to captain an all-black side. It was great to see him at the front of the uh, the Haka. Uh, and he had an incredible game. He's just always incredible. Um, TJ was back. Damon McKenzie became one of the luckiest players ever. Uh, no, I guess that one was called back, but even so, he, he was so good. All three Barrett brothers are on at the same time starting like, you know, they're an incredible, incredible team. And at one point in my notes, I said, oh, yeah, that's right. They're just a better team. Like they're better than almost everybody. Unfortunately for them, maybe they haven't um, they haven't seen anyone else. Uh, They've only been playing the Australians and then um, some Pacific Island nations in matches that were not difficult for them considering Tonga was literally taking people off the streets of New Zealand saying, Oh, can you make our 23? Can you make our 23? Uh, anyway, I just feel like I'm a little tired of them being that dominant, but I also wonder if there is as dominant as we, and they think they are right now. Um, couple of interesting things um it was nice to see Karevi back for the Aussies he was awesome he was just super good uh, also uh Philo was back in like I love that guy he in uh Super Rugby AU just uh it must have been, it feels like 20 months ago he led the entire league in uh tries scored and then Suddenly the Wallabies were like, meh, we don't need you. I, I never understood what happened. Uh, I think he had a good, good game. So maybe maybe that little period of him being in the doghouse is over. I don't know. Um, oh, my gosh. During the entire broadcast, so many shots of Dave Rennie just going, ah, and looking like he wants to scream or vomit. Um, Rico Iwane again, just had a, a terror of a game. He's just so good. What an awesome break he made just after the twenty-second minute mark. Oh, and then right after that, Michael Hooper had to go off for a blood check. And by the way, he comes back on, and it turns out scrum caps are not effective band aids for uh, for head wounds because uh, I'll even uh, I'll put a, a picture on Twitter of the way his uniform looked once it was soaked with the blood that never once stopped pouring down. Um. So late in the game, I said, it was funny. Uh, New Zealand had scored again, but DMACC had missed his second conversion. So it was only 14 to 38, New Zealand, uh, with 74 minutes gone. And I wrote, considering the Wallabies had their best players available and they were at home with three weeks to prepare, and given the ABs had a reduced side and had nothing riding on, the blood is low. This must have just felt like doomsday. So I tried to think about it the other way. And I'm like, okay, if I'm a New Zealand pundit, what's my take? My take would be, I guess. Uh, so we're totally unprepared for what we're about to get in the spring box. If the results go badly against South Africa, it could be a huge demoralizing thing heading into a year that is the year before a Rugby World Cup. And that could be really bad, right? Like, if I mean, the pundits want to – Figure out reasons for pessimism? Is that their job? Anyway, final score, 28, uh, 21 to 38. But again, if you saw that in the paper, you'd think it was a contest, and it definitely was not. Um, I can't wait to get to the other matches to come in, in the rugby, uh, the rugby championship. As I call it, the boringly named but apparently not always exciting rugby championship. So anyway, here's hoping it doesn't just go chalk the whole way. As you probably know, the NPC and other all other club level competition in New Zealand was also suspended this week due to lockdown. And the Super Six had the week off. I think that was just for like a bye week, I think just for rest. I don't think it had anything to do with any uh, pandemics. So that's good news. Okay, that brings us to upcoming matches and predictions. In the Scottish Super 6 uh, on Friday, the Watsonians will face the Harriets. On Saturday, the Ayrshire Bulls will face Sterling County. And on Sunday, the Boromir Bears will face the Southern Knights. As always with this league, I offer only the fixture listings, not predictions, though I have decided I'm going to root for the Boromir, uh Bears. It just seemed really cool to me. Again, I've, I've been trying to find merch of theirs online. Can't find it. Hook me up. Any, any Scottish listeners out there, do me a favor. So on Saturday, the, the big one for me, USA versus Canada. I see a big turnaround for my Eagles. Uh, I think we're going to clinch our 2023 Rugby World Cup qualification with a big 15-point win over Canada, which will be enough to, to clinch that. I still think Canada are going to find a way in. Uh, I think they look really good right now, and I think the, the back channels that, that come about after this, I think, even if I'm wrong about this and, and it's us, uh, I think both of us will be there for 2023, and that'll be really cool. Uh, on Sunday, of course, South Africa play Australia. So I can't imagine a single person in the Wallabies camp who feels positive about basically anything in life right now. Uh, but they now have to face the world champions. So uh, could be a big spanking once again. So uh, I guess it'll be nice. Give me the spring box by 12. Obviously nobody's seen uh, squad announcements yet. And then New Zealand versus Argentina. So New Zealand... I think may continue to be lulled into a sense of world-level dominance by this game. I see them making up for that shocking victory by the Pumas last year, and I see them laying this back down big time, maybe even winning by 20 or more. And, of course, the Curry Cup final. I guess it's a an exact recreation of last year's final. The Bulls will be hosting the Sharks. So I'm actually looking really looking forward to this one. I've never seen a Curry Cup final before. It's my first, and I've been watching these teams now for several weeks, and uh, I'm kind of into it. Um, ooh, it's going to be tight, I think. Um, give me the Sharks in an upset by, by a single penalty kick. Give me the Sharks by three. So I have been giving a shout-out each week to a podcast that I enjoy, and this week would have been uh, – I would have been pleased to recommend the Super Rugby Podcast, a pod hosted by a couple of lovely Kiwis living and working in England, but – As of mid-June, they have seemingly disappeared. I don't know if the pod is gone. I really hope not. Guys, if you're listening or if a listener has some connection with them, please let us know what's up. Uh, Your fans miss you for sure. Um, Again, last, I want to point you all towards an incredibly important cause, one that I continue to support. That is, of course, the My Name's Dottie Foundation. Uh, Please check out the link in the show notes. Consider donating to this amazing foundation. And that definitely does it for this week please please reach out with your questions and ideas. I'm at of scrum I can be emailed at uh, the scrum of the earth at gmail.com if you want to help spread the pod to other rugby fans please share, share, share maybe leave me a nice review. Uh, still only got the one it would be nice to get another. Uh, not complaining just just suggesting uh, nudge nudge we're we're not mad we're just disappointed just kidding. So as always, thank you all for listening and coming along with me cheers. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much, and be well. Okay. Like, here we are at Peter's Donuts. Oh, take off. We it's... are not. Three. We are. Why? It... Oh, okay. thanks. Okay. Thanks. Okay. No, thanks okay. for blowing No, you're right. It's three. Oh, no, no, no. No, it's three in the morning, and we're at what? Whose Donuts? Uh, Peter's, oh, donut. Peter's donut. Oh, Peter's Donuts. There, she's at the till now. She'll see us in a minute, Hey, eh? You want your favorite donut? Hey, hey, over here! Let me oh. get us booted out. Oh, good going. Hey, over here for donuts! Don't listen to him, eh? He's a, he's a hoser. What kind of donut you order? Uh, a, a kriller. No, I want uh, pineapple-filled. Ugh. yeah. I like raised chocolate in the evening and pineapple overnight. Okay, one pineapple-filled donut. Thanks. And a six-pack of krillers. A six? Yeah, for me. I I didn't have any dinner. And you're not going to have any breakfast either.